Rental episode 123. We are your gaming and geek culture podcast. As always, my name is Ryan and I'm joined by Andy. Hey. All right. If you enjoy our content, head on over to geekade.com where you're going to find podcasts um, on video games, music, movies, comics, and so much more. Geekade.com. What's your geek? Feels like it's been a while since we've done an episode. Yeah. Switched it up happened. a little bit. Yeah, we we added an extra week into our recording timeline, which won't the the users won't or listeners won't have a uh, clue. But for us, it feels like forever. So yeah, been like a million good things in gaming that have happened. <laughs> like Sony's and Lego are dumping two billion into Epic Games. There's a, a Halo series that dropped. But then there's this magical Kirby game that we're a little bit late on because it came out about a week and a half ago now. But that new Kirby game, anybody else played it? No, I'm maybe in the next few weeks. Yeah. Hoping to I, grab it, but it's real good. I'll say that. I uh, got it on launch day, started playing it with my son. And it's one of those things where it's like co-op the whole way through, right? And super charming, super straightforward. The difficulty curve is not worse than most Kirby games. It might be a little like there, there's more precision and moves to it than you might see in other games. But I don't know that that makes it any more difficult. It's just you can you can play it better. Um, but the only thing is, is like you play when you do the two player second person you know doesn't have any of the abilities you're just like an assist character so the best part of a kirby game is all the transformations and then the new moves where it's like i forget the term for it like the whole mouth curve like i forget that i forget but <laughs> he like eats things like can't quite swallow them so he just like fills up like with a car and a staircase and all sorts of goofy shit and uh yeah it was really good but we got to a point maybe like a third of the way through the game where my son was playing um mostly as the assist character and i just felt like you know the the charm and the fun here is being kirby right so i was like why don't you take over and um i'm just gonna let you play as kirby and then i got my daughter involved because i was like this is a perfect two-player game for them so then i just kind of sat there and watched them play from there on out and just let them experience it and yeah it was it was a huge hit perfect for that age too yeah, 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 exactly. And it's charming and fun for adults, but yeah, it's, you know, that eight to 10 demographic is just, or maybe even younger. Um, perfect. Um, they had a great time. There's a cute little hub city that you kind of build out and Kirby has a home and there's just little things that develop and businesses that open up and a movie theater and a gotcha pond machine that we <laughs> spent way too much stuff money at. Um <clears throat> Yeah, it's all it's all great. It's it's a little weird seeing Kirby in like this like pseudo apocalyptic human world that they loosely explain through a narrative. Not that it matters in a Kirby game. Um, but yeah, it's it's super clever. I, I actually like I think this Mario oddifies better than Mario does. Like it, this fits better into this universe than like the weird transformations that you saw in Odyssey to me in a Mario game. Sure. So is the post apocalyptic stuff is that the whole game like 
most yeah. of the levels. Okay. I figured that was just like one world, but wow. No, it's all set kind of in different human things. Um, you know, jungles, cityscapes, rooftops, beaches, huh. mall. There's one in a mall. Well, what you see from the trailer. Sure. But yeah. That's most of the game. It's, it's pretty cool. And then there's little challenge elements where you can explore the overworld map and like unlock. It's not difficult to find, difficult to find, but you unlock these little like speed challenges where it's little timed segments. I'd almost say they're the um, toad house equivalent to like 3d world. Okay. Yeah. Um, and those are really fun and not again, not challenging to a, a even a casual player, but it's something to change the pace a little bit. Um, <clears throat> might be, might be like top three Kirby games for sure. Highly wow. recommend. Pretty sure there's like 30. <laughs> <laughs> there's three this, on Game Boy alone, aren't there? Yeah, pretty sure. Is this the first 3D one, though? <clears throat> it's the first fully 3D one. The 64 game had like the 3D polygons, but the 2D levels. Yeah. Same with the earlier stuff. I guess unless you're going to count Air Ride, could you count that as fully 3D, I suppose, to some extent? Sure. Yeah. Very polished though. Um incredibly polished. It's it's great. Yeah, that's cool. That's really good to hear because cuz usually Kirby games are just kind of like you know, thrown out there with a loose idea on the same basic framework that they've been doing for forever. Yeah. Yeah, they really take like <clears throat> some simple ideas and just make them super wacky and fun like Oh, mouthful mode. That's what it's called. Where you do mouthful mode and you like you grab a vending, a Coke vending machine. And you just like blast all the enemies on the screen <laughs> with like cans of pop. Stupid fun. And the best part was my son. <clears throat> you can unlock all these secrets and stuff. And there's like little things in the world. And I didn't even think about it. But you come up in this one level and you can do mouthful mode where you suck up an O, uh, like a sign. And then he like just becomes a round Kirby. You know, he looks like an O. And we had passed through a sign on the way in. My son's like, oh, and he runs back to the foreground and fills in like a gap in uh, kanji. Like he can't even read it. Like I didn't even think about it. And it's like Bleak! like a little twinkly sound and like unlocks some mystery thing. Really? Like, how wow. did you in passing understand that you needed to walk back and complete this sign? Like it was just so crazy. Um, so there's lots of that. Lots of little charm. If you're willing to keep an eye out and just look for like odd things and little secrets, but yeah, really impressed with it. Like actually kind of amazingly impressed with it. I huh. don't know that it's game of the year contender or anything, but I mean, it's, it's certainly very good. Yeah. I really fell off that last one on the switch. What I don't even remember the name of it. Yeah. That star allies. Is that it? Yeah. That one was pretty, unless you were like two, that was not. Except for that epic battle. Like, why, why do Kirby games always have these like bonkers <laughs> battles? They're great. <clears throat> yeah, that one I would agree is not fun. This one much, much, much better. Huh. And a good couch co-op. You know, like I said, it, it sucks for the person who's not Kirby, but you still can have a good time in there, like messing stuff up and whacking enemies in the head. <clears throat> so what have you guys been playing then 
Well, uh, I would suggest your son probably uh, pick up and try tunic as well, because it seems mm. like he's really good at finding those secret little things. That seems like the game to try. Okay. Uh, it's it's really it's charming. It's on Game Pass, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's on Game Pass. Um, and man, it's it's charming. It's kind of a Zelda ish type game, but I don't know. It's a lot more of the puzzles, but so far, I would say most of the puzzles that I've gotten so far are kind of just hidden things, okay. which is weird because like, if you would know that it's there, you could basically almost get to where I've been in a few hours in like 10 minutes, probably. They just, uh, I think it's like the perspective. You can't change the perspective at all. Okay. So they hide a lot of things between things and under things and behind things. So you have to know that there's like a faux wall there and you're just like walking around the yep. thing. And Okay. Yep. Yep. So it's a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> but I think the coolest part, I mean, I'm only probably three or four hours in. But it seems like the main thing that you're trying to do is collect these manual pages. And what's really cool about them is like the artwork on the manuals is it looks like an nes manual okay so you're like reassembling the game manual yeah so it, it's it's straight up like an nes game manual it's got like overworld maps and it has like you know key art of different characters in the game and it's really cool that way and then like you can zoom in on different areas of it it tells you different clues a lot of it is in a language that you can't understand i don't know if that's like something you unlock as you go or if that's something you have to figure out, but, uh, but there'll be like little, like somebody, it looks like somebody circled something in a, in pen on the map or something like you would back in the day on an old NES map, you know? Nice. So that's where, you know, you have to really look at those manual pages to be like, oh, okay, there's something going on here. That's pretty cool. Like the old video star rental with the manual in it with like cheat codes and tips written on it. That's cool. Yep. yep. And the gameplay is like Zelda ish or Zelda light kind of like action yep. adventure. Yeah. Swing a sword. Use your shield here and there. Nice. You know. Yeah. That one's been on my list. We just haven't gotten around to it yet. I'll have to, I'll have to get that installed. It looks like a lot of fun. I've heard nothing but good things. Yep. And I don't think it's too long, right? I, I wouldn't think so. I, you know, you never know about those games, but. I think it's kind of maybe it seems like I'm almost done already, but I, I'm guessing it's one of those things like in Zelda where you're like, oh, I got the three right. things and it's like, oh, no, I'm just starting. You know? Yep. Yep. I gotcha. Yeah, it looks neat. I, that one's been on my radar. I just need an excuse to get it installed. <laughs> well, I know a game that we all played <laughs> and I uninstalled. <laughs> So you might have heard us talking about it in, in previous episodes. Biff and I were playing this Generation Zero game on Game Pass. Then we started talking to Andy Andy about it. And um yeah, we we all got in there and did a few more sessions. Biff is in and out on us tonight, so I don't know how much audio we're getting from him. And uh we completed Generation Zero. And 
I don't know. You got to fast forward a little bit, Andy, from like you you got the middle like segment of the game cut out. And I'm curious on your thoughts on how you felt as an overall package, even with the abbreviated version. Like what's kind of your takeaway? It's hmm. It was really weird because it hits that part of of my, you know, gameplay style where especially like Fallout, where I'm in every room of every house in this big city, looting everything, even though I don't need it. I know I'm not going to need it. Don't use a shit. So I did like that first whole island and just loved it. I just was cruising, cruising, cruising. And I think then hopping on with you guys, hitting the late game, that might have been the perfect bow on that game for me because I know I would have burnt out hard if I would have kept going the same way I was going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you right. I think like you nailed it for me too, because I think total, I had close to 30 hours into this and I think you can really slow down and do more, but I, you know, it's like this game that really, it's got a lot of rough patches, but where it, where it's strong suit is, is in the world it creates the visuals and the ambiance, like all of that is fantastic, but it never builds or successfully develops upon the looting aspect to the extent of like a fallout game, as you were saying, like there's almost no value in it after the initial like few hours, right? Like you just, it's just diminishing returns. It's a game that should have played up to its strengths and then just tightened down the package because I had fun in maybe like the first eight hours. And then after that, you've really sort of seen everything. There's one like mid to late game twist where you find there's another enemy faction, but that doesn't change the gameplay in any meaningful way. Sure. So yeah, towards the end, I just found myself being like, I've had enough of this. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same like intense encounters, although they become less intense because you're finding better ammo and better guns and you're getting better at killing everything. And it just kind of like builds into like a, a, a schlog, I guess is how I felt about it with the inevitable, no real payoff. Um, and Biff, Biff lost the internet connection for about the fourth time tonight. So I don't know if he's going to make it back for the wrap up of this conversation, but essentially what had happened was we had gotten the last couple of sessions, we had become a party of four um, and we were progressing through the game. <clears throat> Biff and I had put the most time into the save on my game. So we're all playing with my save file, essentially, if you will, and progressing through it. And what happened was some more missions and areas opened up beyond what we thought was potentially the last mission. And I was just over it. Like I was like, we need to finish this game tonight. Like I'm done. Let's just knock all these off. So I broke off to go start progressing towards a few more marked missions. The three of you continued knocking out the last couple in the area we had just kind of progressed from. And in the process of doing that, you guys triggered a mission where it locked you into a bunker, demolished the bunker, then flashed to end game credits saying you had survived <laughs> all the while preventing me from ever finishing the game because I wasn't in the bunker with you and it's forever destroyed now. 
So on my save file, I got screwed out of end credits because I just wasn't in the room with you guys at the time <laughs> that that happened. So that was just like, that was too much for me. I, I, I it's so ridiculous for one that that happened like that and just so defeating too. And it's just like, no, nah, I just want to get this over with. And I guess technically I did sort of, but I didn't. And it was weird because I think I, when the game actually finished, I was the only one in the bunker. Oh, really? Those guys yeah. had like ran out. Cause I think Biff was outside and the fourth, uh, he warped like right at the last second out of there to somewhere okay. else. And then, yeah, it was just basically a huge explosion. There's, but then all three of you got credits and I didn't? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if they were in, <sighs> if they, Man. if it was because they were part of, you know, they did something in the mission or For if sure. they were in some radius to it. I don't know. But also, there's no way I survived that. <laughs> <laughs> After that explosion, you're calling shenanigans? Yeah, I think they made that thing and then they're like, well, what, how are we going to get this player back in the open world to let them? do other things i'd just say he survived you know and it's sad because like there's good bones on generation zero and i know there's a bunch of expansions but like i can't imagine being a person who finished that and then was like no i need to go back in for more like i don't know what those expansions would bring to it you know i think the fact that there's just like this inherent like crafting and resource um thing that doesn't really pan out in any meaningful way is just a missed opportunity in that game. And it's kind of what it needed. Right. I think if you'd have added like structure crafting elements too, and like a base building, it could have been a much different game. Yeah. It should have done one or the other. It should have really focused on a tighter narrative FPS game, which I think is its strength and it should have done, or it should have just gone a whole hog in the crafting and been more arc like, or, you know, seven days to die. Like, and it just wasn't. And yeah, because of that, it just felt like it felt like, an ambitious small team with a lot of ideas who couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah. And the, like the crafting that is in there, it's mostly for the basic stuff that you usually find along the way. Right. I mean, you can be in short supply of some of the things that you need, but I think some of the crafting, when you have that stuff in a game, it should be, Oh, I found that I can make this really cool thing that goes over and above the stuff that you can find. Right. While looting, you know, and it, it doesn't seem like there's any of that in there. Yeah. Or weapon mods, right? Like take a normal yeah. gun, slap like a taser on the front of it. You know what I mean? Right. And then, and there's the whole like weird aspect of clothing where there's really like a ton of clothes that are only cosmetic and you can sort of get patterns to like pseudo upgrade clothes, but not in any meaningful way that I found. It was maybe like a plus one stat, you know, nothing that's really going to contribute to meaningful differences. Right. So I, I guess maybe there is something to be said that those things are now in place in the base game and are heavily expanded upon in those expansions because there are three or four, I think. But I just can't imagine wanting to go back in and and doing more of that. Right. Well, especially the story. I mean, the world itself is awesome. The environment is really cool. Yeah. But that only takes you so far. And then the story itself is audio logs that are also in Swedish or something Yeah, where, so you have to read the subtitles and half of it is just like we went over here or the military is attacking over here. And, and so much of it is just devoid of life too, which I mean, I guess 
I guess that world is supposed to be devoid of life, but I just mean it's devoid of anything of interest, enemies or otherwise. There's just a lot of open space towards towards the later game. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, when you hear all these audio logs, yet yeah, there's not, not, not one living person. <laughs> I know, not even a deer. I mean, there should have been. I I don't know. It feels like there should have been something. Um, I I don't know. It's it's a. I, I could recommend that game to someone just like passively. If you want to jump in a dumb co-op game and you know sink like maybe five to eight hours into that. And I think you've seen what I think you've seen the highlights. There's no reason to stick into the end game. You know, I'd give it a strong play it. I, I would not give it a finish it. Oh, now I would highly recommend playing for like 30 hours like you guys did. And then dumping your entire inventory into one small room. <laughs> yes the finale after we some of us finished the game yeah we we teleported into a bunker and everyone all game had been hoarding i don't know flares propane tanks landmines landmines grenades and we loaded that room up and just pushed that game to its paces and we got the frame rate to chug pretty hard a couple times Uh, yeah i can't believe that held up as good as it did considering some of the other stuff i saw in that game was a little suspect yeah there's just something hilarious about like dudes in skirts running around with boom boxes blaring shooting flares into the (laughs) ceiling and smoke grenades are going off the entire room is just smoke yeah yeah it was a pretty good end i will say it was a good (laughs) send-off made up for the fact that i couldn't get credits on that game I still have nightmares of those little shrieking spider things, though. Like that sound. Yeah. yeah. Can't, can't unhear that. That thing does definitely have, uh, I mean, enemies where you just don't want to fuck with. Like, there's. Yes. A lot of these type of games don't have that type of thing. Yeah. Maybe at first, and then you can get to them. But it seems like there's some of them in this game where it's just like, no, that's like you're going to take that down that's damn near a raid boss you know yeah yeah it's like encounters where you know that you're going to deplete your entire inventory to take that thing down and you're probably not going to recoup one third of it yeah and and biff and i had a night where we did that and he's just like no i'm going for it and there were two of them and they kept spawning back to back and he would keep <laughs> engaging <laughs> and i was like no uh but yeah there there's some there's some strong opposition in some of those things, but it's kind of fun too, like being in positions where you know you're just completely hosed and the only way out is to just crawl your way through. The the tension is very well done in that game. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, maybe Biff will come back here. We're not sure. Otherwise, it might be a two-man show. Hmm. Well... Until he gets back, talk about, well, we'll talk about the good movie second, but I'll talk about Studio 666. Oh, that's a bummer. And that's that Foo Fighters movie, that horror gore movie um, that finally was out on, I don't know what streaming platform, um, or available for on demand. So after... Um, giving the crushing news of losing Taylor Hawkins, uh, RIP the Foo Fighters, which made me super sad and depressed. Um, I gave it like a week or so after that and then watched this movie. <clears throat> I didn't want to watch it too close. Uh, there is so uh, 
I will say there is a death scene for Taylor Hawkins in that movie at the hands of Dave Grohl, which felt like real bad having watched that like five days after that happened, like real bad. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's probably worse than you might expect it would be. Um, I had very low hopes for this. It's kind of like a two hour runtime. Really? There, wow. Yeah. There are bits of it that are funny. Um, but being that none of them or most of the cast aren't actual actors, even though, I mean, they all do pretty good, right? Like you could argue that Foo Fighters music videos are basically just like, you know, mini comedy shows, um, or at least the older stuff. So it was passable, right? Um, but it's just not, it moves along at such a slow pace. And they try to like go for the over the top gore equals laughs. But I think by the time they get to that stuff, this movie is so overblown and so long that you just don't, it, it doesn't pay off. Like I can't enjoy this in the way I would enjoy like an army of darkness or evil dead. Uh, like the, cause it's just so drawn out that the gore doesn't even make up for it to me. It's just. So it's, like the, the goofiness isn't till later in the movie kind of, or it's throughout, but yeah, it's just so sporadic and it doesn't hit really like it doesn't really ramp up until at least an hour in almost. It feels like, like mm. things happen, but nothing significant. And then it just really goes off the rail, uh, for a bit, but then it, it doesn't wrap up when it should and it just keeps going with like another twist and i can't recommend it even as a fan of the band like watch it once but like i like i got done with that and i was just like that sucked i i hated that oh that's bad because i mean that's (laughs) seems like you're the target market for that right right yeah yeah basically the whole premise is like you know dave Grohl gets possessed and like it's the spirit of whatever thing. And it's like to write the perfect like rock song for like inciting (laughs) murder and death. So it's like, it's basically him trying to like create one, like 38 minute song with the band, which is hilarious because Dave Grohl did a one man band thing where he made like a 28 minute song where he played every (laughs) instrument. So I'm like, didn't he do this? Didn't this happen? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's a, if there's a condensed version where they cut like 30 minutes out of it, like it, it could have used some skillful editing, I would say. I'm sure. So I would, I would say that's a, that's a hard pass even for that's, dedicated fans. It's cool that that type of thing can still be made though. You know? Yeah. Well, and I don't know, is it cool or is it just like sort of sad that, Dave's got like the big enough ego and like clout to get that done and like, you know, made in Hollywood, you know, it, it, it almost comes off a little bit like overblown ego turned into reality in this case. Sure. But I mean, you, you gotta have one, right? Pretty much every major band and whatever had one. I mean, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice had one <laughs> Pur- purple rain, those kiss videos. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, okay. You got a point. This is probably a better one of those, but yeah. Still not a winner. It had potential. Yeah. Well, just the bad timing all around, though. Yeah. That's 
Yeah, it was it was unfortunate. And that's what we were talking about before the show. It was like it was really odd to me that because I, I forget it's a Dream Widow, I think, or is the name of the like. That's the album, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, and it's the name of the band that they find the lost tapes for in this movie. And he dropped that album. Dave Grohl dropped that like death metal metal album for the soundtrack for the Studio Six 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 movie on the day that Taylor Hawkins passed away, which to me is like eerie. You know, nobody's really talking about that online, but to me, that's like ooh, that's weird. Yeah, it's kind of like bad juju. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I give that a skip it. Watch, like, the highlight reel or watch the trailer. The trailer <laughs> has the right amount of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat Smear is a terrible actor. Like, the worst. And they give him, like, <laughs> way too many lines. <laughs> he's like the, uh, he's kind of like the shaggy of the movie. He, like, for some, for no reason sleeps in the kitchen on the countertop just because he likes to get up and have snacks. <laughs> Oh. But you and I both caught like a much better movie. Yeah. Sonic. See the Sonic 2. And I was lucky enough that they had an early access screening that was like one day ahead of most of national wow. early screening. So I got to see it on the 6th. The movie didn't even come out until the 8th. And uh, wow. the theater was not full. Uh, there Did they have team. like people ask you how much you like it when you walk out? <laughs> no, they handed us posters and comics okay. uh, as we went in. I restrained myself and didn't take them, but my kids each got one. Um, I was immediately reminded of why I hate going to actual movies because, you know, post COVID, I haven't really done that too much yet and got two, I don't know, 18 year old somethings that just didn't shut the fuck up through the entire movie. Wow. Why two people that age need to narrate Everything that's going on in a Sonic movie, I have no idea. I about reached my breaking point. Like, I was throwing popcorn at them. They weren't getting it. I was, like, I was so close to standing up and just be like, shut the fuck up. Uh, but I didn't because I had my kids with me. Super irritating. But other than that, that was, a, that was an enjoyable, fan service filled video game movie. Yeah, no kidding. Like, I don't know if you could have done that better. Like yeah. how you turn a Sonic movie into or a Sonic into a movie. They nailed it. I think they did. And the only thing that felt uncomfortable and forced was the fact that they like kind of had to go out of their way to include characters from the prior movie to bring continuity to this one. And that was the only stuff that really didn't fit. And they made it fit in like a weird way. Yeah. Um, but Some like, of that was pretty funny too. For sure. Yeah. Like yeah. good actors all around. That uh, monster-in-law was like, she was <laughs> yeah. something. She's a good actress. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like we were talking a little bit, and like the critic scores have been like harder on this one. Audience scores have been phenomenal. But like, I really don't, I get some of the criticisms, but I think overall it's a much better movie. Jim Carrey, people are saying like he couldn't save it. I'm like, no, he what? was like the icing on top of an already great movie. Yeah. Like, he was excellent in that. Yeah, like I felt like Jim Carrey in the first one was weird because he was doing too much Jim Carrey where the rest of it wasn't quite on the same level. Yeah. But this, I feel like he, it was the perfect amount. Like yeah. it, it seemed like it fit in a lot better. Yeah. And him having like the powerful, like 
buddy character and knuckles made a lot of sense too. Um, yeah. and it really kind of came full circle on the, you know, not everybody knows the knuckles story and how knuckles becomes a good guy, but like it really paid off well throughout Carrie's performance. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, really. My only criticism is that <clears throat> that movie didn't need to be two hours and seven minutes long. But again, I think most of that is because they like did that other subplot to bring in the main characters. And even with it being two hours and seven minutes long, <clears throat> I didn't not enjoy any part of it. Like it could have been shortened up. It could have been edited better, but it was never boring. I was never like, F this. I need to get out of here. It was, it was a great ride. My kids laughed the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And, they mix up the shots and the, you know, where you're at, who, who you're seeing on the screen. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like the weird forced like bar sequence though. Like, <laughs> for the second time in a Sonic movie it was a little, it was like a little weird, but other than that, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, And like the, My, the nodes to like the video game, especially that like user manual, it's like clearly like the old school Genesis <laughs> yeah, grid. Yeah. God, that was good. My kids didn't pick up on it, but yeah, I, I thought for sure, you know, they, they were foreshadowing him hating water so much that, that music, the the water music, was going to play at some point. <gasps> Never did. They did reference something from that, but it did. Yeah, the music was not the perfect, music. though. Yeah, yeah, that was a sweet reference too. Yes, it was very good. I uh, I did think it was a little. The only thing that I kind of questioned was like they didn't really touch on it until like it kind of comes full circle. But don't you think it's odd that Robotnik's henchman? just like set up a coffee shop in the town that he like tried to destroy <laughs> from the first movie. And everybody's yeah. just like, nah, that's fine. Was that for the reference though? They did all of that just for the reference of that. <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like the, the reference back to that, but it's just like the, the same cops who clearly like tried to apprehend this individual from the first movie are just <laughs> like, no, nah, he's just like, he's the local barista now. It's totally yeah. fine. Yeah, he was brainwashed. It's it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty good. It's it's I don't know, the best video game movie. I think so. I, I think so. Yeah, I highest grossing too. I there's no way that Mario could ever pull off something like this because the, first of all, there's not enough character to <laughs> go off of on Mario. Yeah. But I yeah, think this sets a high bar. What does the Mario movie do now? I mean, this it's got to be seventy one million first weekend U.S. alone. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, this again, if you stuck around for the end of the first one, stick around for the end of <laughs> Sonic Two because I don't think that ride's over yet, with or without Jim Carrey, who says he's retiring. Um, the way they leave that off, it would not matter. It would make more sense, uh, but it still could continue conceivably without. So, yeah, I was bummed that it jumped that far, but. I can yeah, see why. But that's like the next big baddie, right? I was thinking Metal Sonic, but. Oh, yeah. That'd be a little but too derivative if, of what ended yeah. this one. Yeah. Which, come on, when that was happening on screen, you're just like, they're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like so much bigger than I was. I was like, yes, I love this. Yeah. You knew, like as a video game fan, you knew exactly where it was going and it was great. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's the coolest part about it. If you know anything about the games, you know what's kind of going to happen, yep. which is crazy for a 16-bit platformer <laughs> Yeah, that you know this shit, but. 
Yeah. No, I loved it. I actually told my kids the next day, I was like, man, I wish I could watch that again already. Like, I just kind of want to go back and like pay attention to some of the other stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Give that one a must watch for sure. Mm-hmm. I like how I've invented an arbitrary rating system for things this episode that I've never done before. <laughs> so I hope the audience enjoys that. Have you uh, ever watched uh, the Sonic Boom cartoon? Yeah. I like yeah. it. My my kids are just having a blast through that thing. And there's some pretty good jokes in that one, too. Yeah. I mean, anything with Amy kind of irritates me a little bit. But yeah, my daughter was like, oh, I hope Amy's in the next one. I was like, don't you do that. <laughs> You leave Amy out of this. <laughs> yeah. There was a great joke that they, the kids were watching and I heard the other day. There was like one of the Robotnik made some robot or something and his name was the Dreamcaster. Okay. And they're like, oh, that would have been a horrible name if it wasn't for that er at the end. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's great. Well, speaking of. <laughs> hilarious thing kids say uh keeping with the watching things theme i've been watching that halo um series with my son and <laughs> 10 minutes into the second episode he just looked over at me and says can he just put the helmet back on <laughs> and he summed that up in one sentence because <laughs> that's what we're all fucking thinking <laughs> and that's where they went horribly wrong with this halo series they don't even make it through the first episode before the master chief takes off his helmet and he goes uh-huh. most of i would say 90 percent of the second episode without putting it back on they're completely missing the point <laughs> of the anonymity of that character he's supposed to be like the hoorah badass vanilla everyman so that you as the player can feel like you are the protagonist you know what i mean he's supposed to be generic that's the point um and then it's and it's the rapist from orange is the new black it's the porn stash guy i'm just like i can't see him as anything other than like the psycho from orange is the new black so just completely (laughs) ruined it for me um yeah i don't know so episode three came around and that falls back into like the universe a little better but it's still like i don't think this this show isn't good enough for someone who doesn't care about halo to be interesting and it's not faithful enough for halo fans to take it seriously is kind of what this boils down to like i'm not sure who is going for it. and like even from that first episode the build for the covenant like the elites are just way overbuilt you know they're supposed to be like the you you know the marine equivalent but these guys are built like fucking linebackers from the nfl there's huge <laughs> for no for reasons i don't understand i mean they're terrifying enough like it's got things its face opens up like four ways it didn't need to be 500 pounds i don't understand um yeah it's just there's like a whole subplot it's like it's kind of like the birth of how cortana comes into being and i don't know they put a lot of money into it. You can tell it's, it's well enough done. It just feels, it just feels immediately like it betrays the central character of your favorite video game franchise in a way that isn't good. Yeah. I, it, do you, you never done like read the books or I read the first one. Okay. Yeah. So and I know like there's the more shows. lore and backstory, but even then they don't get like, 
do they get into like Master Chief at that point, or is it still all the stuff around them? It's kind of around them, and they do get into John a little bit, but it's always kind of like that's the thing is like you always had to work to get to that kind of stuff, right? Like you always have to work to get to the backstory in that universe. So it's just weird to me that they just gave him a, a personality up front like that. And it's not even well done. It's just kind of like <laughs> he f- always follows order. And then some little girl's like, well, why did you kill my mom? Did you ever think maybe there was another side to it? He's like, huh, you know, little girl, that's a good, I didn't think of that. And oh, then wow. that, that breaks him. And I'm like, come on, come wow. on. I don't know. It is funny, though, on the game side where everybody freaks out, like, we saw the back of his head. Wow. <laughs> right. And now we're like, no, oh, just put it back. Yeah, on. put it on. Put it, we saw enough. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it might, you know, depending on where this goes, it might turn into something that was just kind of meh. But like, you know, my son and I had watched, I showed him forward on to Don, um, like maybe a month or so ago. And like, that is so much better done than than this like forward under dawn was a great proof of concept for what like a full theatrical movie could i mean it's basically it basically is right but i don't think it like made a national run or anything that is so much better than than this is it better than red versus blue i mean red versus blue is a classic (laughs) uh r.i.p machinima i was at a garage sale somewhere a couple years ago and they had like three seasons of red versus blue for like a buck I don't know why I did not buy it. I should have. I don't know how well that holds up anymore, though. That's weird to think about that something online, though, made it onto a disc and then set a garage sale. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were like, think, that was, think of that blueprint. They were the first people to make a sitcom in an in-game engine. <laughs> for like, a, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't create characters. They just used color skins in a game <laughs> didn't mod it at all and made a sitcom out of it it's kind of amazing because it's not like there's a range of like motions or anything you know what i mean like you can't yeah. independently control anything it's just like head nods and like pistol whips <laughs> it's weird but that was a great show and that ran for a long time too like eight seasons or something stupid yeah yeah and, it, that, and was it rooster teeth that did that yeah yeah and then they became like yeah, you know, what they were yeah i don't know so the, the yeah i would say halo uh, i'd probably if you're if you're into it still watch it but just know that but uh, who knows maybe they're gonna boba fett me maybe like the last three episodes are gonna be totally redeem everything right it could happen probably not what, gonna what would that even be though i don't even know what you do for that <laughs> it would it would be more episodes of picard <laughs> it would just transition into Picard and like finish the new season up and I would be super happy, which I've been watching Picard season two. And that is awesome. Like that is yeah. still a great show. Yeah. All the, all the star Trek stuff on Paramount is right. Even if yeah. you're not a big star Trek person, like my wife definitely is not, and I've been making her watch them and they're just Picard, especially is incredibly well done. I've heard the next season is just, everybody's going to be back. Uh, yeah, very well it could be because they're in like a whole almost like multiverse timeline, quantum dimensional bullshit right now. So sure, it could go huh. anywhere at this point. I don't. It doesn't mean. I think if you're dead, it doesn't matter. Well, it already didn't matter from the first episode because Picard in this universe is already technically dead. Picard died in the first season. No spoilers for anyone. He's just like a <laughs> reanimated like 
robot and they're like, well, <laughs> we wanted you to come back, but we don't want to make you God. So they're like, we've aged this machine to the exact age and health condition without the disease that was killing you. So you're going to probably live like another like six years. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> problem solved. Story arc, you know, wrapped that up. We can do another season now. It's so weird. And they don't touch on that. They don't touch on the <laughs> fact that there's like one reference in this season. Where like one guy makes a comment. He's like, I'm not pretty sure that's just a robot. And it's not Picard anymore. Anyway, I'm like, yes, wow. he is. It's, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that's a. <laughs> It's so weird to just like take things 20 years later and just start <laughs> fucking with them. You know? <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of feel like they maybe wrote that as like, a, this is going to be a one-off season for this, you know, character. And then like, he got far enough in. They're like, Oh no, we like this. You should do more of this. And they're like, well, how, how do we bring this full circle? I know robots. When the whole plot of the first one is that, there's like an anti-robot alliance and that's why they don't have like sentient AIs. Like the, that's the whole <laughs> crux of the first season. And they're just like, it's fine for Picard. Don't mind the Borg. That'll work out. <laughs> I don't know. Still good either way though. Watch them. Yeah. That's the one thing that I'm kind of like, Oh, maybe I should get Paramount, but I think getting it for, a couple months at this point, or even just pointing up for a year, you'll get your money's worth at this point, especially since you'll have Sonic two on there by fall. Uh, I can watch it one more time, but Paramount is Paramount's better than HBO max to me and probably Hulu, but it's about as irrelevant as, as Hulu where it's like, yeah, there's a show a year. I might want to watch in there. Yeah. I don't know. But at least with Picard, like, it amazes me how Patrick Stewart has been the same age for like my entire adult life. <laughs> An old man. Kind, yeah. yeah. I just kind of like it. Like it's, he's the same. He never ages. So. Yep. Just a bald old man. <laughs> just a bald old some bitch. Yeah. Huh. Well, I did watch something on Netflix, which was kind of crazy. I haven't watched anything on Netflix in a long time. Yeah. But, uh, me and the wife watched through Midnight Mass. Okay. Uh, which is, it's kind of a horror movie or horror show. It's only like seven episodes. But boy, it's, once you get to the third episode, it's just got you like tightly gripped where you just got to see it to the end. And uh, man, yeah, it's it's really good. It's about like this old like this really derelict fishing island. Okay. Seems like a like Canadian island or something like that, maybe. And people go to it and bad things happen. Yeah. There's a uh there's a church there. And uh there's something that happens and you can use the Bible in a number of different ways to uh say it's in line with that. Okay. And, you know, you can basically, basically what the crux of the show is using scripture and stuff to justify pretty much anything. Because <laughs> there's enough of it that you can. Right. Which you can twist is, it in any way that you a, want. Is this a, a series or just reality? Because I feel like <laughs> there's, there's a fine line. Yeah. 
I mean, if 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 you're in, if you're not going to watch it, I'll probably tell you later. But there's a, uh, it's really interesting what they do for sure. Okay, well, it sounds but. right up my alley. So is it like, how does it come off? Is it like people show up to investigate this thing and like it unfolds, or how it's, is it? So like they're expecting their priest to be back, but it becomes a different priest, and then okay. a whole bunch of other stuff happens since that priest comes. Oh, so the new priest is not. Good. He has midnight masses. Kind of, yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's, I mean, the crux of the show is is a midnight mass. I would say, but is this a Netflix original? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'll have to check that out. I'm kind of out of shows right now, so. I mean, it's only really seven. It's only seven episodes. I will say there is a. Um, a lot of the show is just people talking to each other. Okay. But it's like, it's amazing how well they can create a character and like you absolutely know each person on that island and what they're about what they stand for and and who you're pulling for who you hate in you know a few hours <laughs> interesting this has uh nothing to do with that show but i just i literally watched a loudwire uh reasons not to start a band montage right before we started recording and i laughed my ass off because it was clearly in a church and it was a band performing Christian music and there's a giant the drummer for whatever reason is already in a protective box like soundproof box then there's a giant like 12 foot wooden cross and the wooden cross just falls oh, off the no. wall and crushes the box like and everybody else just keeps playing uh, and I was oh, like well if that, wow. isn't a, if that isn't a sign from God <laughs> yeah. I don't know Pick what a different is one. Wow. <laughs> I laughed pretty good at it man yeah. and to be to be you know the one time that you're maybe in that box right wow. yeah it was just what are the odds it was pretty good but just yeah midnight mass made me think of that oh. uh, trying to think what else i got there's been so much uh well i got my series x that came in i got it finally set up i don't know i think i mentioned we ordered it the last time the podcast um yeah you needed a cable or something uh, yeah got that running uh i had to get my like 12 foot hdmi cable in and yeah the thing is significant like you notice right away because i i had been playing um on my xbox one i'd been playing guardians of the galaxy on cloud um and when i and can i just before I even get into the visual difference, can I just say how fucking nice it is with that ecosystem? Did I hook up a completely different box and just sign into my account? And it's like, no, here's your game save. There's not even like a, no, here's your game save. You just boot it up and it knows. It's right. Fen it's phenomenal. It's like yep. as seamless as you'd ever dreamed it could be. It, it, it's just so pain free. Um, so anyway, yeah, I just started it right back up. It knew exactly where I was from the cloud. And like, holy crap, even though I was still going from the cloud, which I will say it still does like the refresh judder um, that you get with the cloud on like higher end games, but looked fantastic, ran so much smoother. The cloud stuff is way better on the X and just that visual overall, like the, the attention to detail and like the finer details combined with just the lighting, it's instantly like this huge jump. I mean, yep. it's not earth shattering. It's not like, 
oh my god like i jumped from the playstation to playstation 2 but it's like huh like this is the it's better in like subtle ways that combined are so significant it's kind of kind of amazing i feel like it's what we thought games look like two generations ago but now they finally do you know <laughs> what they I mean? are yeah yeah I, I well i've been playing the new uh baseball game it's oh. my yearly tradition of yeah. getting full bore into the new baseball game for about two weeks and then finding out that oh baseball games are actually boring if you keep playing them <laughs> but <laughs> the the attention to detail on just like the players and their faces and just like that's who that guy lo- i mean that's his face which yeah. is just it's crazy yeah it's it's good and just like it's the little things too that you don't think about like i i didn't wait for stuff to load in like things just transitioned like you know it just works so smoothly and streamlined in like every little way that it's like you almost take for granted this like generational leap in technology like almost instantly i think what blew me away was i downloaded it forza 5 horizon 5 and like you're like yeah this looks great and my son's driving and then i realized like he's flying through an area that's already in a dirt storm and then he goes off the road and like obliterates like a thousand cactuses everything explodes on screen (laughs) pixels everywhere and like it's locked at like 64k you know what i mean like it doesn't even hiccup and that's when you're like holy shit that's amazing yeah that game is a showpiece so that's for sure yeah well god i mean how how bigger do you go with a video game opening like just the most video game ass shit like you just plane flies overhead it's a pooping cars (laughs) out you're driving it's great like it's the biggest dumbest car racing game i loved it i don't i don't know how much i'll sink into that but yeah what a what a great video game Um, well yeah i mean again that's when I was, you know, two, two generations ago, that's when I was playing need for speed underground. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was that game, but it really wasn't because right. you still had to stick to the streets and they had guardrails on every thing. Well, even burnout paradise go. paradise, right. too, which I love. Like, yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like you felt like so free, but like now, like that horizon five is like you anywhere, anywhere is <laughs> yep. your road. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, I will say, kind of going back to that Guardians, now that I've played more of that, that game does not get any more fun to play. I, I'm like five chapters into that thing now. I don't know how long it is, but like, they come in with more quick time elements and just, I really do not enjoy the gameplay in that game at all. If it didn't have such an entertaining story and narrative, I'd be off that thing. It's just, the, the, the further I get in, the more I get into the, the storyline and the less I enjoy playing it, which is really yeah. weird. Is it, are you doing like almost a hundred percent just sending commands to the other <sighs> team? No, I mean, it's more, it's more action focused, but I would say like when you're in like the big set piece battles, that's gotta be at least 40% of what you're managing okay. and, like, and none of it feels satisfying. And that's kind of the bad part. And then, they really start introducing a lot of random quick time stuff and it just doesn't need to be there. Like just let's move the narrative plot point along and screw that. So sure. Yeah. Huh. 
<sighs> Star Lord apparently has like a bastard child, though. So that's interesting. Oh yeah, we learned that pretty early on. Huh. I don't, I, I don't know, like the genetics or like biology of how like interspecies mating <laughs> works, but apparently blue people and white people make babies too. So wow. Was isn't his dad a planet or something like that? That's true. Yeah. Look. Okay. Good point. He's not exactly human. Yeah. He's just a ball of energy. And yeah, his dad but... fucked everything in the galaxy. Tentacles, <laughs> slime. He didn't care. He had kids with it. Uh, now it all Marvel makes sense. Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, I'm. I think I'm. Uh... I've retired from farming. I think I've Stardew Valley is you done with? I think so. Um we kind of skipped a few a few days and then we kind of dropped it. And my wife picked up a different farming game on the Switch, so I think I'm in the clear on farming that. Farming simulator or it was a story of seasons. Okay. It's like a harvest moon thing. Okay. But yeah, that was wow. I think we clocked in at just under 140 hours on that thing. That's nuts, man. Yeah. In like a month's time. Yeah. And it's, we got most of the stuff done, but there's, you know, this tracker that you get 100%. And some of the stuff just seems unreasonable. So it's not worth going for. Is it endless? Like, could you just keep going and going and going or does it ever like roll credits and it's over i don't know if there's like any credits i'm sure that at some point maybe maybe the perfect thing you get a credit but i you i bet you could keep going i don't know what you would earn i mean you'd earn more money with nothing to spend it on tedium yeah Hmm. well i'm impressed that you guys sunk that much time into it it's funny because my boss came up to me last week and was like you ever played Stardew Valley? I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, we booted it up. He's like, talk about a snooze fest. Is like, that's hilarious because my buddy and his wife have like 120 hours into it. I'm like, I'm with you. I couldn't do it, but like, they're yeah. all about it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty funny. I just think it's amazing how successful Stardew Valley is when like it's just essentially Harvest Moon and nobody's ever like nobody's talked about Harvest Moon games as much constantly in pop culture as Stardew Valley has been talked about since it released. Mm-hmm. Weird. Well, I think there's a big difference because it is, it is pretty much the same thing. Obviously it's only like 2d, but there's a lot more like realistic characters in it in development. Cause like the harvest moon ones and even like the one she's playing right now, it's just like, I'm, I'm the geek and I'm the, you know, I'm the sure. jock and and they all every time you talk to him, there's nothing to him. There's just paper thin character to him. Whereas Stardew, you have like a guy who's really struggling with depression or a town drunk and the mayor <laughs> is sneaking around with this the farmer, the other farmer lady, and yeah. So there's think, a lot more yeah stuff going on in that in that respect. But plus you Ooh. can make like wine and shit like that where in those other games you wouldn't touch any alcohol you know that's what animal crossing has been missing is the vineyard mm-hmm. you know nintendo should really punch that up yeah 
get Tom Nook drunk and then clear your ledger balance for your house. <laughs> Tom Nook would definitely start a weed farm. He's well, hemp farm, I should say. He he would be more on the hemp side, so on the hemp. I'm just picturing him with a Hawaiian shirt with like bot leaves yeah. on it now. Yep. I like it. <laughs> we get we're running a special on C B D oil today, so at least he teaches kids about landlords and how you just can't win. <laughs> that yeah, that deposit from your apartment, you're never getting that back, kids. That's the lesson Tom Nook should teach you. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh. Well, I mean, it's only a matter of time until you guys find the next game to put 140 hours into. So. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That's, that's a lot of time. You can put time into Ark. Yeah. I'm going to try that out. I played with Biff a little bit. <clears throat> it had the tether effect, though, which I think was... It, there's. The thing is, is like Series X is supposed to be like modified so that and enhanced so that if you run it on a Series X as the host player, it shouldn't have a tether, but I can't get a definitive answer on it because the tethering is not a gameplay setting. So it seems to be a hardware spec setting. And the only thing I can figure is that because he was using a Series S, the tether comes into play. Um, so he was having a real hard time with that. And like, he doesn't seem to understand. Like, he's like, well, what do we do? I'm like, the world wants you dead. Try not to do <laughs> like yeah. everything wants to kill us. We got to make sure that doesn't happen and find our own fun. And like, I don't know. I think between him trying to like figure it out and I was struggling too, cause I hadn't played it in forever. And then me tethering him all over the place. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to really get him back into that, hmm. but we'll have Is to it- try it. So it's a survival crafty, that type of game, right? Yeah. Um, is it so the thing that we, we tried that uh seven days to die or whatever, mm-hmm. I kind of booted that up for a little while. Same type of thing. The only thing I didn't like was like, oh, shit, you're going to have this attack that you're going to have to prepare for. Yeah, uh, that, so and that's like my the, favorite part of seven days to die. Oh, so, see, I didn't like like the time limit of like you got to get all this done to this. Like I, yeah. I like that part of games, but it, on my own timetable, I would say. I think seven days to die is more fun when you change the settings on that to be random. So you don't know oh, when geez. you're getting screwed <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> until like 10 o'clock that day. And then like everything turned like the text counter turns red and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's, I guess there's not that, um, you know, there's just more like, there's little explanation to anything and a lot of OP dinosaurs and things like that that can kill you. So, but that's mainly to just push on to find more resources and right. You're encountering that stuff. And there's just like such a, I've never progressed too far into it because it was just so limiting with the tethering on previous consoles. There's just so much depth from like where you start in that game, like naked to like, I'm a spaceman with a laser gun riding like a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> with a jetpack. You know what I mean? Like it just goes some good places. Um, and I was hoping to do like a pli- private closed room, but if the tethering becomes a problem, we might have to consider just joining like one of their official servers. Uh, so we'll see. Like I said, I think you and I should try it with our series X's and just see what happens. Um, but otherwise just joining a open PVP game could be entertaining for a while, if not incredibly defeating. Um, yeah <laughs> it's just you know there's it's it's there's a lot of systems in arc that are rough like everything is set on a decay loop including like 
food and things like that. So it's like everything oh, is so impermanent, you know? A little <laughs> bit of a Sims thing going on too then. Yeah, and you like feed your animals. There's like breeding timelines and gestation. and. This sounds like uh, Harvest Moon a little bit. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we could de- we could definitely build a farm. Yeah, I uh, my va- my favorite was like we got into a punching fight, and then he knocked Biff knocked me out. So then I punched him and knocked him out and drug his body out into the ocean to let him drown. But he he came back too before before he finally died. So uh, yeah, we had a uh, we had a bad encounter with a megalodon that didn't go well, and I kept I kept going for my body. And I think that broke Biff because he's like, no, it's like, it's gone. Leave it. I'm like, I'm getting closer. I'm getting like five feet closer to shore every time. <laughs> and I just kept doing it. And there was really no point because we were so early game that you just recraft everything you had anyway. But sure. So it's got Dark Souls body runs, basically. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Which I could see being important in later game if you got rare items, but I didn't have anything crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it could be fun. The thing is, is like, can we sink enough time into it to make it fun where you're not just like constantly trying to learn how to play it? Because I feel like it's a game where you need to invest a few hours a week or more. So might not be realistic. Maybe we'll have to do something different, like back for blood or something. Yeah. Well, the PVP stuff really sucks in that regard, too, because one day they could somebody just rolls up and. Yes. (laughs) You're broke. Raids you. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, 100%. I should look. Maybe there's servers where that's not like PVP is turned off. If that was the case. It'd be better. Yeah. Yeah. Other people in online video games tend to make that miserable in that like open world sense. I've never mm-hmm. done that with seven mm-hmm. days to die either. So did you play that on console or did you play that on PC? I played it on PC a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get too far. Not much past that initial house or whatever. Yeah. Should have had you join when we had that server for a while. There was like six months where. Justin and I had like an active server that just ran all the time. That's the way yeah. to do it. So you can just jump in and out of a game. Oh yeah. But he always had, he worked an opposite schedule. So we were never on the same schedule and I got sick of like getting to horde night by myself. Like you, you can't win in that. You know, if you're, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're soloing seven days to die without adjusting settings, like it's really tough to make that fun. Cause it's just a scramble to like not get effed every seven days. Yeah. Huh? But with two people, you can easily get it to the point where, like, you've cheesed the game and the Horde Knight is no longer a problem, too. Right. After uh, some time. Like, it's a weird game because you almost have to reset the server after so long because it's like, well, I'm in an unbeatable position. So <laughs> let's start over. Like, you kind of have to. Which is a bummer. Yeah. 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 Huh. I still love that game. I wish they would port that and get it back on current consoles um because you know they they lost the rights and got them back but haven't wanted to pay the money and that game's never out of early access and i know like the (laughs) i know the patching and update fees had been horrendous in the past but it seems like microsoft at the very least i don't know how much on sony is getting more into that like open beta model you know you Mm -hmm. see it with some of the other stuff so Maybe because I think that game still is pretty popular on PC. And I think if they could get a strong updated console version, because I don't know how many people, pl- I think it, you know, I don't know how many people played it previous gen, but like what that game has now become, it's so much better since like patch 19, alpha 19, 
way better. They overhauled everything. Um, it's actually a really good game now. Which is crazy that there was a press disc disc for that then, you know? Yeah, and I think they if stopped patching that, that at like Alpha. They patched it for a little ways, but I think they stopped at like Alpha 13 or so. Like, I, think, wow. I think they had just gotten like the early like trader sort of stuff in there. Which is mm. what opened it up a lot when you start getting like bounty missions and things like that. So that could come back. That's a game that I, I love that game. If I had people to play it with, I'd go back to playing it like on the regular, but coordinating schedules. Yeah. Well, you've got it on PC. Maybe we'll have to try it again. You got yeah. it on Steam? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It's a good one. But there again, you run into the problem of like, it has to be online at the same time because it has to be one of our games instead of a server. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe when our adult responsibilities go away, we'll have time for that. 20 years, yeah. (laughs) Boot up seven days to die. Yeah. Uh, Well, speaking of other sad news and dying, we're talking about seven days to die. Did you see who passed away today? Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey, man. Jeez. Ridiculous. I just saw saw a picture of like a they were doing a selfie of Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, and Gilbert Gottfried all in the same picture. It's yeah. like, holy cow. I saw like, another that's... one with, uh, I saw another one with um, Bob Saget, Gilbert Gottfried, and Norm MacDonald all sitting in a booth. Jeez. Like, not that long ago. Yeah. Ugh. A whole generation yeah. of comic geniuses have been wiped out in, like, this year already, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> Sad. It's just weird how, like, well, like we were talking, Bob Saget known for Full House, but also most of what his career is is not that. Same thing with Gilbert Gottfried. Everybody's like, "Oh no, the parrot from Aladdin!" Right? <laughs> you know, not the <laughs> most raunchy, foul human being in the world of comedy. <laughs> nope. I still love. Did you ever watch that like documentary of him, or like that introspective sort of thing from a couple of years ago? I don't think so, no. I don't know if it was just called Gilbert or God, but yeah, they kind of talk, they go into his personal life more than you'd ever really see because he's such a private guy. And yeah, he's just kind of a weird dude and like super mild-mannered, normal dude at home with little kids. And apparently he never flies anywhere. So he does like, when he does his shows, he just buses. He buses everywhere. He always like takes all the complimentary stuff he can get from every hotel he goes to. So his wife's like pulling out like tubs underneath their bed that's just full of like tiny travel soaps and like deodorant more than he'd ever use in a lifetime. And then he's my favorite part though, is like his wife is just kind of talking about how they've met and like their relationship and stuff. And you know, how he's just kind of like Gilbert. And so she's like going through her drawer and like reading all these, like pulling out all these cards she's saved from different things like birthdays and whatever. She's like, Oh, here's one from, uh, Here's one from our fifth anniversary. And I don't remember what her name is. She's like, dear, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all he wrote in the card. And I'm just like, that is amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. What gets me with all these guys, though, is it's like, man, they're just like mid 60s. So I'm at that point in my life where like, I'm going to be 40 this year. And I'm like, I'm working to get to 60 so I can retire. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like. I'm wasting my entire life in an office and I'm going to be dead of whatever like 
like everybody's dying. Like it's so depressing. Yeah. I don't know. And then Taylor Hawkins again, the guy's 50. Man. Yeah. If these guys don't have a chance, we don't. This reality of I might be working my entire life to just not enjoy a damn. I mean, I obviously enjoy day to day life, but you know what I mean? Like the grand pay, yep. the grand payoff that America's taught us we all work for. Like, am I just setting myself up for a couple of years of misery and defeat? <laughs> Cause it makes me sad. That's only for baby boomers. We all know that. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's not going to happen for us or me as a geriatric millennial. Nope. Yeah. Not good. That's weird. It's weird. And it's sad. Plus with him, like they didn't really say what it was. They just said like a long-term battle with an illness. They must've been keeping something under wraps. Yeah. Which I guess is it's the not like thing too. Bob Saget who bumped his head basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that, that's what they ended up saying, right? Like fainted, hit his head. They, they figure whacked it on like a mm-hmm. counter or something. What a way to go. At least he had his pants on, I guess. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's my fear is like you pass out somewhere and your pants are at your ankles. Because <laughs> <clears throat> then you shit yourself when you die. So yeah. then you're just sitting there in your own shit with your junk out. Yeah, it's not a David Carradine situation at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that might be an episode unless you got anything else to add. Nope. We never did get Biff back. I'll, I'll, I can check Twitter to see if anybody else has died. Oh, yet, gosh. But... Twitter death poll. Yeah, I wonder what happened with Biff's we're... internet. Like, he tried to come back, like, twice, then he just must have given up in frustration. No. Not even a, yeah, that... I'm not coming back text. He's just like, screw you guys, I'm going home. Or I'm staying offline, I guess, because he was already at home. <laughs> going to bed. Yeah. I mean, I guess that leaves you with ending the podcast, right? Yeah, I guess so. Lucky so, you. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, you listen to another one of the Weekend Rental podcasts. If you'd like to contact us, we have an email address just for that. Mm-hmm. It's weekend podcast at or weekend rental podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook, Twitter. That's probably the best places to get a hold of us as well. Um, other than that, don't really have anything else to say. So we're going to end this one right now with uh, Be Kind Rewind. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Shadow Bananas. <laughs>